1: So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prof. Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, editor at large of Recode. You may know me as someone whose house is decorated with framed printouts of Twitter arguments, but in my spare time I talk tech and you're listening to Recode Decode from the Vox Media Podcast Network. Today in the red chair is Susan Tynan, the founder and CEO of Framebridge. Before starting the company in 2014, she worked at Living Social. We'll talk about that. And the Obama White House. That's quite a resume. Susan, welcome to Recode Decode. Thanks.
3: I'm excited to be so, here. So
2: there's so much to talk about. I just, you know, I, unfortunately, you got me on a bad day. It's the Facebook disaster day, which is like yesterday and the day before. Uh, but it was a pretty bad story in the New York Times. We're going to talk about that, being a CEO and sort of tech responsibility. But let's let's talk a little bit about you, yourself, and what you, how you started FrameBridge. It's, a, you know, there's not many startups started by women. We'll talk about that issue and why. I'm sorry you're going to have to carry water for all women, but there there we <laughs> have it, because tech is such a non Place. So let's start with your background. It's a really interesting background. You were at Living Social. I knew who was the CEO? What's his name? Tim O'Shaughnessy. Uh, Tim O'Shaughnessy, that's yeah. right. Um, and I remember that was back in the day. It was a big deal. It was that and Groupon and everything else. Yeah. Um, so well, talk,
3: tell me about your background. Go through it for sure. us. Sure. Um, so before that, I had been a consultant, management consultant, and then found my way really into consumer tech. Right, sort of fintech before fintech. So you look, work for like Boston Consulting or something like that. Accenture, Accenture. yeah, Accenture. Okay, <laughs> whatever. I'll um, add same ones. Exactly, um, but actually, wound up doing um, a big project for the Postal Service, mm-hmm. which I find myself back in a warehouse. Right. Um, but then sort of meandered through a few different consumer tech jobs mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. grew to love it. Mm-hmm. Um, Loved the consumer orientation and the speed, and so certainly that was what I loved most about Living Social. I was actually in the Obama White House when friends from a previous job started Living Social, right? And I watched. They brought it. it to Washington. Yeah, it was in Washington, and I watched it, and it was the most exciting thing. In Washington's so was probably few, AOL. Yeah, yeah, right, right, exactly. Yeah. And sort of went that way, too. But all right, right, let's. Just, so you went there. So you just said you were in the—what were you doing in the Obama White House? Um, I worked in the budget office, mm-hmm. and I had a role that was really to solve management issues that could become political issues. So it wasn't a policy job. It was truly things like response to the oil spill, mm-hmm. um, response to GI Bill delays. The mm-hmm. current administration still so like that right well, I, now. Like you would look at it and say what? What? Um, Let's look at the data. Let's unpack what's happening and Mm -hmm. and make recommendations and then also have the fun of being able to say you're calling from the White House. So that speeds things up. Is that fun?
2: Yeah. It is. uh, What a privilege. And what happens then? People go, oh. People respond
3: quickly. They do? Yes. What do you
2: think now? I'm not going (laughs) to ask your
3: opinion. (laughs) Well, I definitely um, was amazed at the caliber of the people. Truly, the smartest people in every field rushed in to— the first administration, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, to Obama first, and so it, it just it was an awe to be around these people, and so I just feel sad about that. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So you did that, and then you decided to go off to do a startup. This yes, because I saw them building it, and it looked so much fun. Okay. And it, yes. how did you get hooked up with them? So I knew them from a previous startup, mm-hmm. um, and so I was watching them, and sort of almost waiting to be called, mm-hmm. um, maybe too prideful to say, I'd love to join. Um, and and someone called me and said, we're going to start a sort of new business lines, want to join. Okay. And what did you do there? Um, I started new deal categories. Mm-hmm. So home services, family-friendly deals, and mm-hmm. then ultimately what— is now Groupon's main business Groupon Goods, mm-hmm. um, selling products, selling products itself, which is what yeah. me social
2: did. Yeah. And what talk about the the what happened to that business because it was hot, 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 and then all of the both of them were
3: yeah. So it was a two. Groupon si- was bigger. So it required two sides to mm-hmm. work, mm-hmm. and when it worked, that cycle was really supportive of one another. Um, so if merchants got good customers, right. Right. And then good merchants would do deals and Mm -hmm. then customers would open those emails. Right. And then when it started that, I think merchants started saying, we're not getting good customers, we're just giving away the store. Right. And so then premier vendors didn't want to be in the emails and then the emails. And then also, of course, how do you make more money in that business, we had to put more and more deals and emails, and then just for the customer, it became less and less interesting. So So it just sort of unraveled pretty quickly.
2: Why wasn't that thought of before, speaking of management consultants?
3: Yeah. It was the first time people had done
2: this deal, although there had been deal, like those books that you carried around, those big heavy books that you had coupons
3: in. Right. So I think there were some offline versions— the yellow pages. Right. Um, and then also, there are versions of this that were Yelp. You know, I mean, yeah. things exist right. that were connecting local stores with customers. Um, people, customers in the community. And so, there was going to be a set of solutions to come out of that. I think in some ways, I learned there's an issue when it comes too easy. And I think it mm-hmm. came too easy. And mm-hmm. then it was just like a feeding frenzy for both companies right. um, to grow as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. and we didn't have to think enough about what happens next because it was coming so easy. Right that you were getting
2: deals 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 and you could always yep. have the next customer and cycle through customers. But the but, but, uh, retailers
3: got angry pretty fast or vendors. They did. But uh, but the growth was happening so fast that mm-hmm. it it all took place so quickly. It's interesting because I have since formed a company that is so sort of fundamental mm-hmm. like we place something of value in someone's hands mm-hmm. and that is definitely a result. Right. Of
2: that, okay. Yeah. So you did that, and you stayed there till when?
3: Because it started unraveling
2: pretty quickly. That yeah. Occurred. So how much I, money was put into it? One was Steve Case, and one was Ted Leonsis, right? It was Steve. This yeah. Was Steve, Steve Case, was living yeah. social, right. and
3: um, and both Steve and Tim backers of Framebridge, which I think is sort of the the best thing we see in tech, right? right. So I left in 2011, mm-hmm. and it was yeah, I, I, it hadn't. The future was unclear, but it wasn't as exciting. Right.
2: So, and you thought what? What? You wouldn't want to go to another internet company? Yes. And so I took a product role. um, Had a products for a taxi app. Okay. All right. Which one? (laughs) Taxi Magic, which then became Uber. Yep. Right. 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 And then, and and because of that was early.
3: That was early days. Yes. And it was. They were actually the first to have an Mm -hmm. iPhone app to hail a taxi. Right. And so thought, well, that would be an exciting place to be, certainly because industry-wise, something was Mm going to happen there. But by that time, I had had the idea for FrameBridge, and it was just brewing in me. Um, So so, explain what it is. Explain to people what that is. Yeah. So FrameBridge is custom picture framing, half the time, half the price of traditional framing. Mm -hmm. Um, We do it all centrally. We send people packaging. They send us their art, or they upload a photo, and Mm -hmm. we print it and frame it. Um, And I think really sort of two pretty obvious theses that we've been able to prove out, which was, one, if someone made this easier and more affordable, people would do it more right, often. Because framing framing's expensive. Yes. And you, it's local. It's very local. It's very local. It's fragmented, and it should be a bigger category than it is. We right. truly believed it was constrained because of the price and the way it was delivered. Mm-hmm. And importantly— There were a the, few chains. There are a few chains. Right? Yeah. Not many. The craft chains, right. yeah. But really, it was that younger customers should love this, too. They mm-hmm. like experiences— they create amazing content, mm-hmm. why wouldn't they also? They would, it's just the way in which it was delivered, wasn't sure. appealing to them. And then the second part, um, which I didn't know how we would do, but since we have, was I'm sure if we aggregate all this demand, we can somehow deliver it in a way that is less expensive. And right. so that's really by um, streamlining our operations, by bringing um, manufacturing best practices to this industry that had not been brought there mm-hmm. before. We'll talk about that, why Why wasn't it? Why, why did you come up with it? Why was it framing that yeah. you got interested in? Um, personal need. I had four National Parks posters. I took them to a frame store. They cost $400 each to be framed. And so I thought $1,600 for posters seemed crazy. Um, And so I just started talking to everybody about the idea, and everybody had a similar story, delight at what they framed, and sort of sticker shock from the experience. And and they
2: and then so this but why this why because I I like to get the idea of what someone decides at the moment they decide why oh I think frames yes frames yeah
3: no because it was broken right truly and because every time you ask someone about what they framed they tell you about the sticker shock and then the second question is well tell me about it and they say like well actually I went to Nepal and let me tell you like the what is like people have stuff they they love the thing they're doing right. And so you said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. All right. Oh, the other reason I did mm-hmm. it was because I was in this taxi business, and I thought, here's a problem with a—at the time, hilariously, we thought it was like a $15 billion um, mm-hmm. uh, market size, but every smart person in the country is working on it. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, I have an idea that I believe in so much that mm-hmm. no one is working on. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't I go do that? Well, would, would, that would worry people, though. Like, oh, oh, nobody's
2: working on it. Well, that's the
3: first thing they always say. But I think that's— only because you had to have the reverence for design, mm-hmm. um, some tech understanding, and some willingness to figure out the manufacturing. So it was really just, could you put all the pieces together? Right. And so you started off. Okay, you're one of the few women in
2: yeah. as a CEO. This is your idea. How did you? How did you create it? What did you do? Yeah.
3: So I was in my late 30s when mm-hmm. I started it. So. I joke a little bit. I did it like a woman. I was totally prepared (laughs) at the time I started. And so I was able to raise—I raised money out of the gates, Mm -hmm. and I raised money from people who knew me as a manager from other jobs. Right. So So I was—yes. So I was a known entity to Mm -hmm. them Mm -hmm. in that capacity. How much did you raise at that time? At that time, I raised about— one and a half. It was a $3 million seed in two mm-hmm. tranches. Right. And so you were trying to—and you were trying to find investors like
2: a Steve Case or Tam who would work with you at Living Social or elsewhere. That's right. And then, wouldn't bother you, really. Who, who trusted you. Who,
3: who trusted Well, you had to believe two things. You had to believe this was a category worthy <laughs> of disruption, which obviously a lot of investors did not believe. <laughs> and then you had to
2: believe I could get it done. Right. So talk about that process. Again, I don't want to focus on your woman, but there aren't many women CERs. There just aren't.
3: I can no. count them on my hands. No. and my hand. Think, I think— Interesting, even though this would obviously be an industry I might be interested in, Mm -hmm. I think the fact that it's like a crafty industry is Mm -hmm. a double whammy. So I think that the— So it's a lady industry. Totally. Right. And so I think there's both a lack of understanding of it, but also when I went out there, I think there was somewhat of a question of my ambition. Mm -hmm. Like, I wanted to build a very large business, and this is how I was going to do it. But Mm -hmm. I think paired with, like— A mom going out and pitching Mm -hmm. a frame business. I think you had to know me to know Mm -hmm. that I was going to get it done. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's why—I mean, I pitched to everyone under the sun Mm -hmm. on both coasts, but Mm -hmm. wound up with people who knew me. Right, right. So what was the—talk about the difficulties of pitching, because I want people to get a sense of what— Well— I, I laughed one day in two different cities. I got the exact same anecdote, which was, I don't understand the use case. If I'm in Aspen with my friends, mm-hmm. I would take a picture, and then I could frame it. Mm-hmm. And I thought, this is amazing. I'm in two different cities on the same day, and that was the only use case you could come up with. Because they go to Aspen, these do she? And there's also a lot of, I asked my wife, and we have a decorator, and we wouldn't need it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really oh, is amazing. I hate these guys. <laughs> it's it's really amazing. It. <laughs> and then, well, I used to actually report back from the road. And I remember mm-hmm. my mom took an interest in this and would say, did you meet any women today? Mm-hmm. Always. I'm like,
2: no, yeah.
1: Mom, no, of course of not. of course
3: not. Yeah, it was all dudes.
2: Although
1: um, um,
3: one of my original investors is NEA partner woman. Right.
2: Okay. All right. So, so you had to get them around the idea, one, of that it's a good idea, and two, that you could do it. Yes.
3: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And uh, you had to say, uh, yeah, it's a big enough category, and I can get it done. Right. Right. What was your biggest argument? For what? Pitch me. Like, what, what, not, I mean, what was for that you could oh, do? Oh, yeah. It? Well, my, it's still my biggest. Like, how many industries are left that mm-hmm. haven't been transformed by the Internet? Right. I right. found one. Yeah. <laughs> I found one. On my, yeah. <laughs> and then I think, like, the wind at our backs in terms of all the content people are taking on their phone. Right. So, exactly. So, like, obviously, there's all the People stuff want have. an analog
2: version of it. Yes.
3: And I think— you're, it's going to be really hard for you to convince mm-hmm. me that people won't want to pull things down from the cloud and live with them in their real lives. Of course they do, mm-hmm. um, and so that's understatement. Is there another example like it, like that people had done that with people who had done the same? Because there was a lot of framing. You pull
2: down clouds into a f- oh, digital into a digital frame. frame. Yeah, yeah, that I'd, went and came and went. Yes, I had I, seventeen of those.
3: Yeah, I never. I don't even see it as a substitute for what we do. There really is some significance, and people get an emotional reaction to, to art or the yes. Patriot. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And interesting, I will give us credit for this. I mean, we had product market fit when we launched, lo- I mean, we launched and we started mm-hmm. selling because it made sense. I think mm-hmm. that's the other thing, actually, this is interesting with pitching. I've only gotten East Coast money. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think there is something really sort of fundamental, clear about what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have interesting stuff to say. We've mm-hmm. Absolutely, we are growing the category. This is net new mm-hmm. business. That's cool. But it's not you know, it's too tangible. Mm-hmm. And so I think <laughs> um, I think I really struggled with that. It was like, I get it, but what's most interesting to a hot topic, right, on um, people's data, like, but what's really interesting is you know what people value in their lives. We definitely do. We mm-hmm. know if you got married or if you love dogs. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. But like, that's not, what's most interesting is that we provide this service, right. you know, in a much smoother way mm-hmm. and you're going to incorporate it in your life more. But I definitely think there, there are investors who want, something more. I actually remember an investor saying, A, it wasn't sexy enough, they try and do sexier stuff, and two, it just seemed like a line drive, like, it's just too obvious.
2: It's too uh, a line drive. What a bunch of idiots. Anyway, <laughs> when we get back, we're talking to Susan Tynan, she's the founder and CEO of FrameBridge. When we get back, we're going to talk about how you build a business and some other
0: topics. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You've heard it before. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
1: You can find it on the PropG pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: We're back now with Susan Tynan. She's the founder and CEO of Framebridge. We've been talking about the founding of Framebridge and sort of the difficulty of pitching something that actually is sensible. So when you raise this money, what, talk about sort of the—I like it when I talked to entrepreneurs, talk about the challenges that they face. Yep. So you get you raise this money— you you located in Washington, right? Yes. So you have everything here. And it's a little bit like—I'm trying to think about business, probably Stitch Fix or some others, like very much centralized, and then they go out. So your big problem would be marketing, would be problem, correct, getting people to use it.
3: Well, every day it's lining up supply and demand because mm-hmm. we actually have to build—unlike— Other Mm -hmm. companies, we actually have to build everything we sell. Right. Um, And so, yes, it's both. Mm -hmm. Um, So we had to build it all together at the same time. So I had pulled in a couple folks, sort of the best people I knew from places I had worked, and the second closed the funding, hired them on. Mm -hmm. And so then we— Started working on everything all at once. By that time, we had done some of the product development of the mm-hmm. app, but um, we built the website. We found a warehouse right outside of DC. Mm-hmm. We located ourselves in the warehouse, and then we truly had to. We had originally told I had told investors that we would um, outsource the framing for the beginning because we didn't know anything about framing. But Where but would a, you have outsourced it right. It was just to prove the concept. It was like our MVP would be we'd just have the website and we'd actually just work with local framers and fulfill it and it would all be behind the scenes right what but, like Floris? Right, but that wasn't the whole business plan. That was just to prove it, so that I didn't scare people about what we were gonna do. We uh, we we didn't. <laughs> I love do all that. the casual lying. Re- entrepreneurs no, 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 no. To- no I, I'm kidding. It was, a, you know what it was I mean. an evolution. All right. Okay. Um, so, oh, nice. Well said. But it happened really quickly. Um, We did not do that with one frame. I started meeting with framers, and I thought, wait a minute. Why? What am I doing? Why? I can get equipment. We can right. do this. Why and did so- you think that? For all the reasons that it was possible to come in. Well, mm-hmm. one, they didn't have any storage. If we were talking to vendors and there was another, like, there was someone else in the value chain, like, why were we doing this whole thing? It just seemed—and and most importantly, we couldn't control quality and we couldn't start getting faster mm-hmm. or smarter faster. So, from the very, very first frame, um, we launched everything together. We got used equipment— we hired some framers and we launched our website.
2: Mm-hmm. So and you decided and hired some framers to work for you directly. Yes, right. And getting the the actual things you need to make a frame and an offer yes. kind of things. How difficult was that? Because you're go- going against local people, right? What was the the reception?
3: Yeah, so not good. Mm-hmm. I think um, I mean from consumers, consumers got it. Like mm-hmm. we have a very clear value prop, sort of. I get weight. it. I've spent four
2: million dollars
3: on framing. So people. I got it. And Mm -hmm. then now, increasingly, with social proof, people trust us, and they get it. But certainly the industry was suspicious. We came in saying, and I believe it, like, this is new demand, and I think we've been able to prove that for Mm -hmm. the most part. Mm -hmm. Um, This is people that weren't getting framed. This is people who were not. A third of Mm -hmm. our customers had never framed something before, Mm -hmm. and 65% of the items, they say they would not have framed otherwise.
2: Mm -hmm. So you're trying not to piss them off. Like, you're disrupting it. Well, that's not
3: what I came in to do. I came in to get this to more people because I thought people Mm -hmm. would— would what have been the problem? In
2: it? Why is this disruptible industry?
3: Um, most people, well, no local framers actually store any inventory. Mm-hmm. So they buy from distributors when you choose off of that wall of 10,000 frame styles. Right. Um, so it's expensive and takes time. Mm-hmm. Meaning? Explain Meaning, that. So so there's a wall of 10,000 frame styles you choose they measure your art then they order from a distributor the materials right. in little chopped up pieces to come right. to their store. And so right. that takes a couple of weeks and it's expensive. It's heavily yes. marked up. Mm-hmm. And so we said we'll centralize all this. Right. We'll order in high quantities, mm-hmm. and we'll make things ourselves. Right. And so, out of the gates, we were able to offer it a lower price. Lower price. And so, the premise would be
2: that this it shouldn't cost as much. But you have lesser selection, right? You don't have 10 we ta- do.
3: Right. We have 50-frame sales, but we add and subtract. And, and also, the way in which the original industry worked, because products didn't cycle through quickly, it didn't even keep up with home decor trends. So, mm-hmm. it really wasn't—there was just a lot of value the customer wasn't getting, which mm-hmm. was even— design advice you'd necessarily believe in. Right, right. So so you—how so you, how many people do you have working here? In- uh, 450. Wow. In Washington? No. Yeah. Um, we have about 70 people in Washington and the rest in Lexington, Kentucky.
2: Wow. Well, I want to talk about that in yes. a second. And so then the idea is that you're bringing it to places that—you're doing what Amazon didn't do, I guess, <laughs> like hiring people in— Areas that nobody expected.
3: Oh, yes. Of yes, course. Yes, most yes, recently. HQ2, haven't yes, you heard about yeah, that? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's exactly right.
2: So so how do you operate? your? So the company then is done in, so most of the probably making of it is in Lexington. That's right. So, the challenges you face as an entrepreneur would pre- presumably be marketing it and getting people to use it. That's right. And getting people to use it again and again.
3: That part we have. Okay, um, That's it. been, And that has been, I think, why we've been able to successfully fundraise and sort of the wow of our business. Um, it answers a lot of the open questions people had at the beginning, which was, I don't get this. I do it once every 10 years when I move. And we said, no, 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 truly, by making it better, the category will be bigger. And so, that's what we've been able to prove out. People. Mm-hmm. Um, repeat and repeat with frequency. They give it as a gift, mm-hmm. um, and we see and hear people saying, you know, they're looking for things now, looking for things yes. to, to
2: frame, to frame, to frame everything. So
3: you, so what do you spend your days doing? Now? So you raise more money, yeah, correct, um, hiring, um, mm-hmm. and the and really the customer standard is really my my is life mean? is making sure that we're delivering the best product for our customers How do you and do making that? and well, I feel just basic almost unease in a great way that we've we framed 600,000 items. Mm-hmm. We know a lot about what people should be framing. We should be using that to make a better and better and better experience. Right. Well, that's else presumably we'll,
2: the idea buying an Amazon and everything else. The right. data
3: gives you that information. And why on earth would we right. let ourselves um, lose this lead? Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, So and I truly, at the end of the day, just want people to love what they framed, and I believe that grows a bigger, mm-hmm. better business, and all of the entrepreneurs I admire are obsessed with it, Mm -hmm. with the same thing. And so that's, yeah, so it's every, it's, um, that's things from the product interaction to the physical product to making sure things we're doing um, to streamline in the warehouse, um, just make a better experience, not Mm -hmm. in any way a degraded one, and then making sure everything we do represents who we are. And so that always feels like um, whack-a-mole. Right, right, and you, and as a, as the leader, talk about
2: some of the challenges you might face. Yeah, and if they're different from being a woman or not. So it's a- interesting. I think there's something um, in some ways. Uh, Where are you from, by the way? Cleveland. Oh, that's what Can I thought. You I'm tell? like, yeah, I'm like, who? It's kind of accent is. Um, like? It's a plum, right? It's a plum. Yeah, it is.
3: That's what they call. Cleveland's right? a plum. It was New York is a, is an apple. The big Apple and Cleveland's a plum. plum. Uh huh. Okay. All right, no problem. <laughs> um, yes. So uh, I think sometimes. No, I don't think it's harder being a leader. So, I think I think being a leader oh, talk and, about the challenge. And, uh, of being a being a, um, emotional intelligence, I think, is obviously critical to being a good leader. And mm-hmm. I think, generally, I think women often have a leg up there. So mm-hmm. I think that's fine. I, and I think I've been, you know, been able to recruit some other great leaders as well. Mm-hmm. So um, so it's pretty good. I think being a sole founder, mm-hmm. um, there's often ch- two people. Yes, mm-hmm. um, can be challenging just because sort of. The weight of the world, right? But I have it's a on you. yes. Yeah. I have a very talented COO now mm-hmm. who takes some of that weight off. But I think um, sort of the you know this is why we got into this. This is why we built this. All of that is one person. Mm-hmm. So I think that that can be a lot. And now, yeah, I have a tremendous obligation to our employees. So how much our should be how much should we total raised now? Sixty-seven million. Whoa. Yeah. And then where did you go the second time? Same investors, Revolution, NEA, and Swan and Legend a couple times, and then we raised our C in the spring from T Rowe Price. Right. And, oh, it's interesting. Henry yeah. Elgin. Yes. Ah, why well, I, he's I, he would love this. I can see him. Loving yes, it. Yes, he's amazing and has such a fundamental view on things. Like this makes sense. You're delivering for customers. They mm-hmm. like you. Keep doing that, and I can understand how this will be successful. So it was such a, as I said, East Coast, it was such a sort of a refreshing perspective right. on our well, business. Well, you
2: know, what's interesting is a lot of Silicon kind of Valley like doesn't get analog stuff, mm-hmm. right? So talk about that a little because it's it's the analog part of it.
3: It's a thing. It's a thing, and it will always be a thing. Right. That's what I—yeah, truly, there was—I remember a pitch meeting which someone said, like, but really it could be, you know, but like, what's the social element to it? I'm like, oh, yeah, this is how people share, blah, blah, blah. no, 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 but what's the social element to it? And I'm like, well— Not really. Not really. It mm-hmm. hangs in your house. Right. <laughs> and it doesn't talk
2: to anybody. <laughs> Couldn't the frames speak to each other? And then the Russians somehow get in your living room or something like this. So there's no social element. I know why I like you. There's no social element. <laughs> Today I'm so up to my fucking eyeballs. Well,
3: right. Except for—well, yeah. Well, I don't know if you want to talk about that, but it's interesting as it As a direct-to-consumer company— mm-hmm. We could only exist because we could efficiently market in the early days. And so the only way we could go from zero to a real company was Mm -hmm. the audience and targeting sophistication of Facebook. And so it's interesting because I've discussed my multiple lives. You know, when I look back, like, that's really okay if just people who might want picture frames hear about FrameBridge. It's really less okay mm-hmm. <laughs> if real debates and policy issues that we should be having as a country are being inserted into mm-hmm. specific people's it minds. It just no, hangs. Say that again. Not. Say it just hangs on the wall. <laughs> it just hangs on the wall. <laughs> That's all. Did you see the Banksy frame? That was the no. most exciting. Did you not see no, this? It was the me. most exciting thing. Right, news. explain it to me. Um, Banksy— developed a frame that shredded the art. Oh, you must well, have yes, seen of course. Yes. yes, 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 I did. Yes. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yes, after yeah. it was bought at auction. But I just, we were really excited because, you know, not a lot of exciting news in our category.
2: Right, but <laughs> there's kind like, framing isn't, like, the place to be. <laughs> no, but
3: that really No, that yeah. Did you, are
2: you selling that frame? No, we should. We should. Like, it's shredding. So you just keep putting art in it?
3: Yeah. No, well, now it dangles from the bottom. I mean, oh. that it's part of the art. So,
2: okay. I'm sorry. I'm just very <laughs> literal. I like it hangs on the wall. It just <laughs> hangs. I can see you at Silicon Valley. They'd be like, "What? what no,
3: mean? come on, new market here." We create a new market. I'm saying they're idiots. I'm saying you're brilliant. Thank you. I'm sorry. And it makes people happy. It truly does. Like, it is a fundamentally good Talk about what it's like
2: being a startup right now. Because I think a lot of startups, it's like a very fallow period for startups. There aren't any very exciting ones coming along. You know, you had the Airbnb, Uber, Pinterest gang. But not since then. There's been a very slow-moving train. I think it's because of
3: the big companies
2: are dominating everything.
3: I think that's right. And I'm an e-commerce, so there's just like— these digitally native brands, Mm -hmm. a lot of them, and a lot of them are really cool Mm -hmm. marketers. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's fun. I think it's been fun to see that that's like a relationship with the customer that is so different from Mm -hmm. the old way. So I look at those companies and admire them. Sometimes I'm jealous of those companies. The jazz? Like a— Yeah, like all of the companies who can focus really only on marketing because we have had Mm -hmm. to scale custom manufacturing. We've had to invent things that don't exist today. Right, right. And so— a lot of our time and focus has been on that mm-hmm. less glamorous side.
2: Right, which is like, how do we get the frame but the But the defensible. Part? You're more like the defensible Amazon. side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, the moats. I call it the moats. Yep. And Amazon has moats and yep. moats. They have data moats. They've got manufacturing moats. They've got packaging moats. They've got right. customer service Right, so we unwrap price.
3: packaging, and inside it might be 10 Disney passes, mm-hmm. or it might be a old diploma on mm-hmm. vellum, mm-hmm. and our team has to use our software to make a series of decisions on how that should be framed, and then the rest of the factory has to be powered like a real factory, right. and so that's not easy.
2: No, no, it's an actual manufacturing. It's an, another analog problem, mm-hmm. which is—and then you also have to have customer service to get it back and forth. Nice. Who do you look up for then? Like, is it it's got to be Amazon, right? Oh,
3: sure. I, we have team members who've been at Amazon mm-hmm. um, who are terrific and have learned a tremendous amount of—there's uh, so much we admire there. Right. Yeah. Well, and then, you- then I think for us, though, we have to look at sort of— in an Amazon world, why do you exist? And yes, that's because I was going to get to that next. Yeah, deep yeah. knowledge of our category. Right. Uh, could they do it eventually if they wanted to? They can do anything they wanted to. Right, yeah. But,
2: yeah. They just but, did microwaves. I don't think they're going to get to you yet.
3: <laughs> no, they're not going to get <laughs> to us. you you're
2: number 212 on their list of killing so, off retail. So
3: we're in a category that doesn't have a beloved brand and deserves mm-hmm. one because mm-hmm. we touch stuff you love and there's a right. trust and design element. Right. And so all of that means we can compete. Mm-hmm. And we can build something that that people believe in and right. um, and incorporate it into their lives. And so I think really for us, it's being very disciplined about being very dedicated to this category. Right. I don't think they're coming for you. <laughs> I, I don't think so. They're coming to Washington though, as you said. Yes, I Halfway. understand that, but Half I don't think they're them. coming.
2: I can't see them in a, up in <laughs> Seattle where their real headquarters is, not HQ two. <laughs> uh, I can't imagine them thinking it's a big enough category for them.
3: You know what I mean? No, like it's it was hard. a hidden gem,
2: and it's, it's hard. too hard, and it's too—it's big, but it's not big enough. So therefore, microwaves. Oh, I see microwaves. I see furniture. I see anything else, but that's—it's
3: also interesting because not—they haven't done a lot that requires service. design Deser-
2: and service. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they—they're they're doing it in the studios, but a little bit of a disaster over there. But you know what I mean? Yes, it's a, re- it's a much more difficult business, and certainly doesn't make yep. a lot of money. And so they—the cloud and there's there's packing up of consumer goods is relatively easy. It's a really they're, Would,
3: like, uh, they're focused on the customer, though. Oh, amazing. Totally, totally. All right, we're going to talk about
2: that more when we get back. We're talking to Susan Tynan. She's the founder and CEO of Framebridge, which sells
0: things that you just put on the wall. <laughs> Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business, and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day.
2: We're back with Susan Tynan. She's the founder and CEO of Framebridge. I'm making fun of her because she's a, it's such a boring analog business. Um, but talk about the move towards analog, because I think that's I think that's a yeah. big area. I, I just it doesn't matter if it's an e-commerce. These, you know, I guess Uber is an analog business. Yeah, in a Yeah, that's true. But it, you know, Uber, or Lyft, or others. Talk about that concept, because I think so much more of the next era has to do with analog. Yes. whether it's salads or or things. You know,
3: I love those guys. Right. I think that Are I the think sweet greens guy yes, just was with I them. Do. Yeah,
2: they have a. Beautiful headquarters. And I think they we share salad. Investors. I know they they talk about salad like it's like the second coming of something.
3: But you know what? It is. Okay. Well, they have the best ones.
2: Yeah, so. that's true.
3: Um, I have to say, I, I you have to went do to eat have to to be there afterwards, and I
2: tried to sneak in. They ended up buying my lunch for me, but <laughs> they it was delicious. I was like, this is a delicious freaking salad. case. Full. Yeah, whatever it was, I don't remember.
3: I think. Customer centricity, using technology to make people's lives easier. Mm-hmm. Um, I think obviously, I think the analog stuff is all about ease, right, And mm-hmm. our busy lives. And so we keep crowding our lives with more. But mm-hmm. but certainly even FrameBridge came because I wanted nice things but couldn't, didn't have the time to figure them out on my own in mm-hmm. addition to not being able to afford it. Um, so I think that's that's what... Everything will be now. Mm-hmm. And I think there's also—the the beauty of the analog is it's mm-hmm. a market that exists. Right. Sure, we're saying it's new demand, but it's still—like, it's something you can believe versus mm-hmm. um, a a solution in search of a problem. Meaning? Explain that. Well, I think some of—some technology businesses, like, there the really isn't a—like, it— a, it might not have needed to have existed, right? Right, to fix it and stuff like that. So when you
2: think about that, when you find you say you found this gem to disrupt, how many more are left?
3: Oh yeah, I don't. I, some are really hard. People keep mentioning things. Um, like? Well, you were talking to Elon about construction. I thought, oh, it's right. really interesting. Yes, because I'm, we I'm make, correct. We yes, that <laughs> I think you are. And I was thinking about what we do in terms of custom manufacturing. That I, I think there's a lot more there. Yes. Construction
2: has to change. It's insane how slow it is, how 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 artisanal it is. Like, the guy comes to your house and puts in dry. It right. makes no sense. It could uh, be made—that wall could have been made somewhere else.
3: Also, all of the information asymmetry. I think any time the mm-hmm. customer doesn't know what they're getting and doesn't know who to trust yes. and doesn't— yes. You should—, you should Look you know, because I've renovated
2: several houses. I stay there and stare at them because I learned it all. <laughs> but I was fascinated by it because you could, you could have made—they were like, oh, you can't custom it. I'm like, but could you custom it? Sure you could. You could make that drywall to a specification. Why does it have to be made by one guy who they hired one day? You know what I mean? Right. like. And it's always a guy. But you know what I mean? Like, yes. why does the wiring—can't they be pre-wired and brought in?
3: Well, I think there are a lot of industries where making things seem harder than they are is part of the—
2: yes. Yeah, exactly. Part of the whole I deal. see why they're doing it that way. I don't think they're thinking beyond it. Construction's one of them, 100%. The way we build houses has got to change. So you, so what areas, speaking of that, what areas do
3: you then move into, or is it just a big enough business to do it? Right now, it's a big enough business. Um, we have tons more opportunity, and people, as I said, are framing a lot more often, a lot more people to reach here and internationally. you, you have so any international business now? We don't today. So we have a lot of opportunity, I think, and and, and truly, I sort of won't be constrained to the today's market size i really think mm-hmm. that that was just a very powerful is, lesson what to what me upsides? it's like 45 billion in the us mm-hmm. but that's all the offline stuff mm-hmm. and of course half of our business is digital and it's it's new like mm-hmm. truly i mean people are framing everything it's like you know, a company mission what's statement, and a marathon things. bib, what's the weirdest thing? A tried? ponytail, umbilical what? cord. What? Bailey, um, really? what do you do Heart doing pretzel? Together. You wear yeah, gloves. I'm still back
2: at ponytail. <laughs> okay, all right. So, did they tell you? Did they warn you of a ponytail <laughs> or an they did. Umbilical Customer ponytail? service
3: knew. Knew it was coming. Yeah, uh, for the ponytail, they knew. Yeah. Wow, the umbilical cord. No. Wow. Whoa. But a lot, I think I I'm, am— I'm trying to like that, but I can't. Well, I, right. That one, maybe. But you can You can like the little baby hats from the hospital. Come on. I, or the bracelet. Uh, okay. That's good stuff. I have them in a box. I That's, have that in a box. Well, I do not think have the umbilical cord in a box. I think there's—I get excited about the potential San market here, but I can't go for there. the business. Yeah, okay. When I, two things happen. Right. Either I see something that has just so much emotional depth behind mm-hmm. it, and people share these stories with us. So someone sent us a charcoal— Painting, and she said—a drawing—and she said, oh, my neighbor drew this of me to build me up after our hard divorce. Mm -hmm. I was like, that is really nice. Mm -hmm. And like, whoa. Mm -hmm. And so when we realize we're dealing with things that matter to people and have such significance, I realize there's a big business here and a meaningful one. And then I think when we realize we're part of sort of anything happening in the culture. Mm -hmm. So we saw last Super Bowl, one of our product managers was pulling the feet of what people were framing— and all of a sudden, it's Eagles fans, right? Right. In, and you realize, like, you're in a stadium, and you're celebrating something, and you're thinking about commemorating that. Right. And that's so different for this category that would have been, like, 10 years later, I should have done something about remember that time we went to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't think it's deluding ourselves to think that, like, what we're doing, helping people remember good stuff mm-hmm. in their life. Right. Before they forget about it? Right,
2: right. So you're Isn't doing important. something that's analog. Do you see a market in these virtual frames and stuff? Because they no. came and went, why? No, Tell I me. don't. I
3: mean, oh, sure, I do. It's a substitute. Right. I guess it's a, I just said it wasn't. But, like, yeah, sure. I mean, it's like a something you put on your wall. I don't worry about, like, the lack of wall space is an issue. It's ephemeral. The whole point is pulling something down— to store, it's actually there's a um, NYU professor who's done some research on um, the difference in the photos you post versus the photos you print.
2: Oh, and
3: of course they're a total different set of photos. So what are they? <laughs> well, oh, like things me. you deeply value versus like your well now up, you have nine life.
2: Yes, your mate. Oh, you know, you know, I could go on about Instagram, the performative nature of Instagram. The recently, yes. I I stopped using Instagram because I think I hate it. Uh, I love Kevin's sister and we found it, but I just hate it because it's so like not. True. It's so not true.
3: It's interesting that because it's only visual...
2: Yeah, that it. Me, everybody's really happy, and I I know a lot of happy people. Not that many happy people. People have moments of happiness and moments of sadness, and something like that. It's never like, so. One day, I put all really negative pictures on Instagram, and it really freaked people out. <laughs> like, here's a bag of urine I found on the street of San Francisco, which is a very common. And I just kept taking pictures of bags of urine. So I have to tell urine. you, Instagram as a platform. I, I'm gonna send that to frame it for
3: you. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be the weirdest thing. Oh, but Insta
2: come on. No, If I sent you a bag of urine, please. Oh, I
3: thought it was a photo of a bag of urine, in which case it wouldn't be the weirdest thing. Maybe the bag of urine. Okay, all right, okay. Yeah, I'm
2: not going to do that to you, but in any case. But
3: I'm going to look at the terms of service. All right. Instagram is a platform for us, though, uh, as (laughs) an advertising platform, very good. Not only, obviously, the right Mm -hmm. people are there, Mm -hmm. but— People take those pictures. Yes, and also— it polices itself in terms of visual beauty wins, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like good content actually wins. Yes, it does. There. Yes, that's
2: true. Fair point. Fair point. Yeah. So that's good for you. So it's good for us. Yeah. I just think it's killing the human rights. That's all.
3: <laughs> I don't. I think it's. I just. I, I.
2: It's so funny. I have such a weird relationship with it. But it is owned by Facebook, by the way. Well,
3: actually, our creative director is very worried that she thinks like, oh my gosh, everyone's home will look the same. Like that. That like, my gosh, just like everyone's wearing the same outfit or styling or right. are the same way. Like how quickly. Right. You know, there's something—but then we can move on. But still, there's something— Unoriginal. Yeah, it has all kinds of implications all, all over the place. In any case,
2: but 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 you, but do people use Instagram and then print them out from there? Yes, you, you they can do. connect from your feed. Yep. Yeah. So, but you and people do, do that. people do a lot of that? Yeah, or they do. Yeah, they do. But it's from their phone, so phones are everything to you, correct? Phones are everything to us. For, and the,
3: the cameras keep getting better and better and better, right. which means you can blow up the pictures bigger, and so right, right. All right. So I have a couple
2: more questions. As a startup, I really am interested in this idea yeah. of being a startup right now. Now you're yeah. on the East Coast. Coast, which I think is very different, and this yep. idea of Silicon Valley finding talent outside of Silicon mm-hmm. Valley. And Steve, obviously, is a huge proponent yes. of it, and he just gave a comment about the Amazon headquarters. Yep. That probably, essentially, he's being polite, saying, why the hell didn't you put it in Kentucky? Mm-hmm. Talk about operating there and operating here on the East Coast.
3: Yeah, so there there are goods and bads, and I think mm-hmm. a lot about—I really— to admire Steve's rise of the rest. Um, but there are challenges, and I think as you scale, you get into those challenges Such for has. hiring. So so we have, believe it or not, um, well, you know this, D.C. is a very small pond. Yes, it is. Um, so we can hire people we want to hire. If we, if we seek out someone, we can get them. We're the, right. the exciting thing happening. But there are some, you know, there are just some marketing, some engineering, mm-hmm. some product design jobs where— you know, everyone's in New York, right? Which you need for yeah. your thing, for design. yeah, or or obviously New for York. us, New yeah, York New and York. LA. Interesting, New York, better, L. L. Of More course, than LA. yeah. Um, so what does so, that mean
2: from a, does, from your perspective? Yeah,
3: well, DC's a, it, it's a funny market. It's not like the middle of the country because people do have to come here for certain jobs. Mm-hmm. And so we always pick up talent, someone mm-hmm. attached to a partner who's at the World Bank or something like that. Right, yeah. Um, so it does, like, people cycle in and out, mm-hmm. and people have reasons mm-hmm. for being here, and it's a nice place to live, so it's fine. But, yeah, I, I think it does—I um, remember actually pitching someone out west, and they said, like, yay, Susan's back from Chicago. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, Chicago, Washington. Like, really, mm-hmm. like— you know, it's just off the grid for that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I think we, for our production, we chose Kentucky for a lot of reasons. Explain we, that. We found um, the, the truthful answer is we found a terrific leader there mm-hmm. who had stood up the Zappos facility there. Oh, and Tony Shea. And so we said, we've well, had it enough around of Tony Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And so that's really why we're there. It's also great fast shipping to most of the country and mm-hmm. a lot of people who uh, can do available. this job. Who yep. can train to do this job, yep. which is to frame
2: things. Yep. Wow, and but, but why don't you take a bow in terms of locating there? It just was con- you didn't you couldn't have located in elsewhere, right? In this country, you had no. to pick. You
3: had to pick a place. Um, yeah, where it was inexpensive. Where, where it's inexpensive, and and I mean the the I believe the. Um, rent per square foot of our facility there is a tenth of Mm -hmm. what it is in D.C.? Right, right. So you couldn't make it here. You couldn't do that here.
2: And you didn't think of outsourcing it elsewhere, India? No,
3: no. Turnaround time, people send us their stuff. You're sending me your Kevin Durant signed jersey. So if you are in in India, you might have one there. Right, right, right. Exactly, so it has to be closer. To yeah, it. but we've done we've done sufficient innovation, and we're doing even more. Um, some robotics, mm-hmm. certainly all powered by our software. So we will be able to open new facilities that are smart. Talk about facilities. the robotics. Yeah. What so you- a couple of things. Um, we use robotics to track your art through the building, mm-hmm. which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know where everything is because, obviously, keeping things safe is our job. Mm-hmm. Um, can't lose that umbilical cord. <laughs> Boy,
2: you really can't I, get that back. It's
3: hard hard to replace. That's that that like to replace. a plot of, like, a Lucy show. <laughs> Where's the umbilical cord? <laughs> Yeah, you that see is that? hard. That is not That like,
2: would be an entire plot of modern family. Go ahead. Yes. Go ahead.
3: Well, in early days, by the way, speaking of Lucy, I thought a lot about that the chocolate on the mm-hmm, conveyor mm-hmm. belt. That's what Framebridge felt like in the 80s. Yeah, early that's days. the C's
2: factory in San Francisco, do you know that? <laughs> yes. That's where they did
3: it. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's awesome.
2: Um I learned this from Sue Decker who used,
3: who was yes. on the, and
2: and I think Warren Buffett that was on the there there cool. there uh, anyway.
3: Cool. Anyway, go. Ahead. Um yeah, and then also um Some simple tasks in the framing process Mm -hmm. we have been able to automate. Mm -hmm. Um, I think what's important there is I certainly am inspired by the businesses that are able to figure out what needs a human and what— can be done mm-hmm. um, robotically, um, and certainly there are aspects of the design process and judgment that mm-hmm. requires well-trained human people, people and craftspeople. Not and for so,
2: long, Susan. Well, we'll <laughs> I'm see. Kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding.
3: <laughs> I'm kidding.
2: Um, that's a really hard thing, actually, not to have human intervention in. So it has a scalability yes. problem at this point. Although yeah. I just was visiting some, an Amazon warehouse, and it also you could see that they could automate quite more of it, as you could see them doing it slowly, kind of stuff. But there were certain pe- places people needed to be. There are yeah. lots of people in the warehouse yeah so Leslie I want to talk about being in Washington Amazon come here what do you think of that yeah
3: so I have they're said to everyone all your it's great. right I keep saying it's great yeah, uh, <laughs> so, yeah I mean I four employees and they're gonna take them all from <laughs> me and they I mean, will there's a little yeah there's a little bit of that um uh, no I do think more vibrant business community in Washington is good mm-hmm. it's fine yeah. I think
2: it'd be <laughs> I love you <it. laughs> you're just not even pretending i like ain't <laughs> saying good for me they're coming in with their fancy pants Amazonian kind of thing. Yeah,
3: yeah, but
2: yeah, yeah. but talk about that because Washington was with Steve and others. Yeah. It was it was a hub, and then it wasn't. No, I am the
3: beneficiary. Framebridge only exists because Steve started AOL here. Absolutely, right. but but then it. Flamed out.
2: Like I remember going to pick the headquarters out with his. At the time, he was not married. Or Jean Case was the head of. Uh, was Jean Villeneuve, and she was the head of. Um, she was doing all the comms for them and stuff like that. And we we went I mean, and it looked at the popularized
3: the internet. Yes. we're
2: all we all yes.
3: use this thing. No. no, you know what I mean. So, so like, there's easy to also use. no
2: one. Sure. It's number one. That's what's that's, that was. Its <laughs> no,
3: thing. but I think but I, I do was, think there is like a like a maybe you have to feel this when you're in the middle of the journey, but that like. It existed for a reason. And Mm -hmm. I remember actually talking to Tim about living social in— I only exist because of living social. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people got married, had babies because they met mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people learned valuable skills. Mm-hmm. You know, there there is something about. But how do you create a? a it's going to be a flywheel now that Amazon's here. But right.
2: I mean, how does how do you create that as yeah, a local? By, state? by supporting it's other not people. Silicon Valley. That's not. It's it, it tends to burn out. I've noticed in most of these cities. Yeah, Austin had a big thing and then it didn't. That's LA had a big thing and then it didn't. Seattle, well. Well, I guess funding. Seattle right, you see. have
3: to like. People Something. had to have made enough money that they can support right. other entrepreneurs. Right. Like, that's right. the only way you yeah. can keep exactly. going. Yeah. So. So. So I have to make enough money that I can All support right. other okay. entrepreneurs. All right. So is that the
2: plan to go public or what's the— what's
3: Yeah, sure. Um, the the plan is to build a fundamentally good business that provides value to people. Could someone buy you? Truly. Could buy it? Um, yeah. Yeah, you? Yeah, no, I— Really? It could, you know— uh, Potential some retail, some anyone who wants to own photo mm-hmm. um which is everybody. But yeah, we think we think there's a big enough opportunity here. Um it's a real be. enough business. Um and we're sort of ambitious enough about it. All right. The last question I always ask entrepreneurs, especially startups: what mistake did you make that you were really
2: like, Oh, that was a stupid thing? And did you what did you learn? Oh my what was your learning I made so
3: experience. like we made so many. Right. Like you yourself, what was your biggest mistake? Truly, if I thought about them too much, I wouldn't be able to, like, get up the next day. Um, I had a real backlog situation um, when we first started manufacturing. And so the the mistake was thinking that the original team could all be people from my network or people I understood or knew. And, you know, we were—like, the business has a large manufacturing component, so Mm -hmm. we needed to hire people who knew what they were doing. And Mm so there may have been a little bit of— hubris in the beginning on that. That you could do that. Yeah. Stuff like that. And what's the best thing you did? Um, started the company oh. despite—no, but truly, despite everybody saying, I don't get it. Like, I believed it enough to will it into fruition. Right. A lot of people said that to you? I oh, everybody. Know. You know, when I started podcasts, everyone was like, I don't get it. It's
2: like, I don't care. <laughs> I, don't get, I don't care what you think.
3: People like to— I. I oh, don't yeah. know if people A lot of think
2: naysayers.
3: so. The generous interpretation is that people are trying to prevent you from failing, which I do think is something that people do to females right. more often. Mm-hmm. I do think there's like yes. I'm going to protect you from yeah. the eventual um, embarrassment. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's true. I just think people just yammer on. The yeah, risk oh, that's, free, the yeah, risk free. No, that's true. That's true. I always say I didn't have chicken pox as a kid, and everyone wanted to tell me how serious that was. And then they invented a vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're lucky on that I see. one. Let's not. Let's not. But you believe I, in the future, I, I suppose. Anyway,
2: Susan, it was great talking to you. Thanks for coming on, <laughs> on the show. On that note, on that note, thank you for listening, everybody. You can find more episodes of Recode Decode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. And please tell a friend about this show. Now that you're done with this, go check out our other podcasts, Recode Media and Pivot. You can find those shows where you found this one. Thank you for listening to this episode of Recode Decode, and thanks to our editor, Joel Robbie and our producer, Eric Johnson. I'll be back here on Wednesday. Tune in then.
1: What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prof G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself.